I'm Jamelyn Steppen, and this is Want to Want It, episode number 15, Mirroring Emotions. Welcome to Want to Want It, a podcast for women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are ready to ignite not only their sexual desire, but all of their desires to create a more fulfilling life and marriage. I'm Jamelyn Steppen. I'm a certified life coach, a wife, and a mother of seven children. I'm excited to share my personal journey to desire with you and teach you how to desire more as well. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. Today, I'm going to talk about a concept called mirroring emotions. Now, if you were to Google mirroring emotions, you're going to get a whole bunch of different explanations of what that is. So it can be the idea of being with someone who's in a similar situation as you. And as you discuss the challenge of that situation, instead of actually helping one another through the situation, you actually begin to magnify the problem because you're not finding solutions. You're just finding emotional momentum together in the wrong direction. You just end up feeding each other's bitterness or discouragement or hopelessness. So that can be one way that you may hear people discuss mirroring emotions. Another type of mirroring emotions is Accepting how another person is feeling, you listen to them, and then you mirror back to them the emotion that you see to help them feel understood. It's kind of an empathy type work. And it's similar to an idea used in couples counseling where one person expresses their feelings and the other person expresses back what they've understood. And you kind of go back and forth until the person sharing is satisfied that their partner understands them. Again, it's an exercise used to increase someone's feelings of being understood. Some people describe mirroring emotions as actually experiencing another person's emotions as your own. So it's kind of like empathy on steroids. It becomes very personal, like you've experienced it. So my family has a group chat that we send videos to one another of people essentially just getting hurt. So ski wipeouts, scorpions, rope swings breaking, unintentional belly flops, skateboard accidents, you know, those kind of things. And some of them I literally have to look away if I think it's going to be too horrifying, because as I watch, my brain sometimes reacts like it has happened to me. I will flinch like I'm hurt. Or if some guy takes a fastball right into the crotch, right, my boys will grab theirs instinctively like it has happened to them. So you're kind of mirroring that experience. But for the purpose of this podcast, and when I'm teaching my clients, I describe mirroring emotions this way. Someone feels a certain way and in response, kind of by default, I fill myself with the same emotion instead of choosing something different deliberately. So here's an example of what I mean. If my child is really anxious about something, it's possible that I will become anxious or worried as well. I'm going to mirror her emotions. Now, I'm not anxious and worried for the same reason she is. She's having thoughts about a situation in her life and feeling anxious and worried. And as her mother, I'm probably not having that same story come up in my brain, but am most likely having thoughts about her being anxious and worried that make me anxious and worried. So I remember the night before my oldest daughter was leaving on her mission. She was suddenly full of anxiety, and rightfully so. But I noticed that the more aware of her anxiety I became, the more anxiety I was feeling. Not because I was anxious about her mission or her flight or her ability to serve a mission, I was just anxious because I didn't know how long she would suffer with the anxiety and I didn't want her to suffer at all. So when you mirror someone else's emotion, it isn't necessarily because you are thinking the same thought, 
but your brain will come up with something pretty quick to create that emotion for you. She's worried. I think we're supposed to be worried. I guess we'll be worried because she's worried. Another example of mirroring emotions that I'm sure has happened to a few of us is when your husband gets mad. So now you're mad at your husband for getting mad. You just immediately mirror his emotion. I've had clients who will share how the people in the church are so judgmental. And then I'll point out to them how they become judgmental when they see other people being judgmental. So interesting. The very emotion or behavior we don't like in someone else, we often end up feeling or acting out in ourselves. Or someone else might say, she's so negative all the time. They're just feeling negative about the other person's negativity. It is so natural for us to mirror the emotions of the people around us. We do it without even thinking. We can even do it with positive emotions. Maybe my friend is really excited. She's having a baby and I see how excited she is and I'm excited too. Even though I have different thoughts that are making me excited, I'm still mirroring her emotions. Now, I will admit, it seems like for me, it is easier for me to mirror negative emotions than positive ones. And maybe that's just our human nature. So maybe someone is really excited when they've got good news, but instead of mirroring it, I feel a negative emotion. So for example, I remember years ago in our student days, we were living in subsidized housing and we still had years of training ahead for my husband and other people our age were starting to buy houses. Now, it wasn't that I wasn't happy for them to buy a house, but there was just this piece of me that was a little jealous and I couldn't muster that excitement they were feeling because I kind of had that jealousy. I notice also that I am more likely to mirror negative emotions when it seems that the negative emotion is directed towards me personally. Like, he's mad at me, so I'm mad. She blames me, so I blame her. He's rude to me, so now I'm rude or irritated with him. I remember working at a store in a national park. So, of course, being in a national park, things are a little more expensive in the store. And customers would come in and they would be super irritated with the prices. And for whatever reason, they would feel the need to tell me, the cashier, how criminal the prices were. They were irritated by the prices and they wanted to express that irritation to me. Now, I could have had a lot more compassion and understanding for them than I did. Admittedly, I thought the prices were ridiculous. So I could have been a little more like, yeah, I can see why that is so frustrating. I'm so sorry. But instead, I would just think to myself, do I look like I own this store? Do I look like I price the items? Why are they getting upset with me? And then those thoughts would create irritation in me. So sometimes I would say, uh, yeah, I just work here, so you'll have to tell my boss. Or I would be kind of short and a little bit rude, maybe, instead of just giving them friendly service. I would totally mirror back their emotion because it felt like their irritation was directed at me. It felt personal. The continual problem for me with mirroring negative emotions that are directed at me or that I think are directed at me was that I was always at the effect of the emotions of other people. I was in complete emotional childhood all the time. The things outside of me were the reason I felt terrible. I felt totally out of control of my own emotions because they were always in the hands of the people around me. So I had to start stepping back to try and notice when I was mirroring the emotions of others. Just by noticing it, I was creating awareness and it was so powerful for me because it allowed me to say, oh, okay, I'm creating this. It makes sense that I'm doing this. I get it, but I have to remind myself that I'm choosing it. 
So if you feel like you get caught mirroring other people's negative emotions, you just need to stand back and watch it like an outsider. Kind of like watching the gorillas at the zoo. When you're watching animals at the zoo, you watch from a place of curiosity, fascination, but rarely any judgment. We don't judge gorillas for being gorillas. We just understand that's how they are. That's how they're going to act. We need to have the same compassion and understanding for ourselves as we stand back to observe what we are doing. Our natural man is wired to act how we act by default. So don't judge yourself, just observe yourself. It can also be so good to step back from your life, not only to see the negative, but also to see how amazing it is. When you observe it like an outsider, what will you see? Years ago, we went to Hawaii with almost all of my husband's siblings, and one of his aunts and uncles joined us. After about four days of being with us, my husband's uncle decided that he wanted to share something with us that he had observed. He said how stunned he was with how well my sister-in-laws and I got along. Now, my husband is one of five boys, and I genuinely love the women they have married. They are so fantastic. But I had never thought about us getting along as anything super special. It just seemed very normal. So in other words, I wasn't aware of how awesome it really was. But in my husband's uncle's family, the sister-in-laws did not get along and it caused a lot of drama. So as an outsider, he took notice of something really special in our family and pointed it out to us in a way that made me even more grateful for the amazing women that I get to associate with. It is a really good idea to take time to step outside of your life a little, like an uncle looking on for the first time, and see what's going on that is great, and also to see what's going on that isn't serving you. Not to judge it, but just to become aware of it. So when we actually take time to step back and observe our life like an outsider, we become way more aware of how we're choosing to mirror the emotions of others. And just by gaining that awareness, now we're in a better position to act in our life and to use our agency to choose deliberately instead of viewing ourselves like an object to be acted upon by others, always at the effect of them, never in control of our own emotions, you know, a victim to their mood. We get to choose differently. We really do have to be aware of how we mirror emotions first and foremost so we can choose something different on purpose. Now, just know this. You won't stop mirroring other people's emotions right off the bat or probably perfect ever. We are meant to be interconnected with each other and we do impact one another. For me, the goal has been to change the power of that impact. When someone is full of light and goodness and happiness, I want to be completely open to mirroring that kind of emotion. I want the impact of their emotion on me to be powerful. But when someone is frustrated or worried or angry, I want that to impact me with less force. Sometimes I feel like another person's negative emotions impact me like a crash. It just smashes into me and instantly changes my mood. I want it to impact me more like a person that I pass in a crowded room and our shoulders kind of bump gently as we pass by each other. I feel that shoulder. I know I've touched it, but it doesn't affect my trajectory. So it's okay if I feel someone's negative emotions brush up against me, but I just don't want it to change my emotional trajectory for the rest of the day. Have you ever been in a room visiting with people and as other people enter the room and begin to visit, the volume increases? So then you start talking a little louder to be heard and then the other conversations in the room, they're starting to talk louder to be heard. And soon enough, even if there's only just 10 people in the room, 
all of you are having these different conversations and it's getting hard to hear because every one of you starting to yell at each other to be able to be heard? Or have you ever looked at two mirrors facing one another? If you look into mirrors that face one another, it looks like the image goes on and on without stopping. So take, for example, your husband comes home from work and you can sense that he's just a little off. He's not talking much. He's a little disengaged. You're kind of a little leery because you're not really sure what's going on and you kind of tread lightly. And then one of your kids spills something and your husband snaps. So as a mother, you maybe feel a little defensive for your child and unknowingly you begin to mirror your husband's irritation and you snap back at him. It was just an accident. Now your husband's getting more upset and now he's upset with you and he's telling you how he can parent however he wants. And then you feel more upset and tell him he's a jerk. And then he's more upset and says something that he's going to regret as he storms away. And you're even more upset and yell something after him to be sure you get the last word in. Do you see how the volume of the emotions kept rising and rising with each interaction? Or kind of as you both mirrored emotions back and forth, back and forth, how it just accelerated the emotions. Whereas if you had had the awareness in the beginning, he's come home, he's not quite himself, I'm going to choose to not mirror his emotions, then that escalation of the emotions wouldn't have happened. I've had times when my kids are really upset and they're yelling at me about what has happened. Even if they're not mad at me personally, they just start getting really heated and loud. If I remain calm, they may stay upset, but things don't kind of escalate out of control. So once you are aware that you get caught in the trap of mirroring emotions, I don't want you to think that your goal then is to only feel positive all the time. We've talked about this before. That's not real life. That is not the human experience. That's not our goal. When your child comes to you feeling full of hate for her older brother that has teased her, you probably don't want to be filled with happiness. But you may not find it really effective to become filled with hate of your own because she is. That won't be helpful for her and it's going to decrease your ability to be a wise mother if you're full of anger and hate because you are mirroring her. As a mother, you probably want to feel some compassion for her difficulties. If you have a friend that comes to you sobbing about how much she resents her husband and how hopeless she feels about the current state of her marriage, of course you don't want to feel happy in that moment. But you don't need to be filled with hopelessness and bitterness and resentment because she is. It actually isn't helpful to your friend for you to mirror her emotions. In that situation, maybe you want to feel empathy. Maybe you want to actually allow yourself to experience a little bit of her pain, but not because you're mirroring her emotions, but so that you can actually help to bear her burden a little. You are sure to keep your head clear so that you can see why she feels the way that she does and can also see perhaps what might help her. Plus, like happens to so many of us, in a few days, everything in her marriage might be roses again, and she will have forgiven her husband and moved on. But if you've allowed yourself to be filled with resentment for her husband, now you are going to have to go through the process of forgiving him as well. I still find myself having to be really careful and deliberate about not mirroring the negative emotions of others, especially of those closest to me. I have actually really seen myself struggling with this a little more lately, hence the reason I'm doing a podcast on it. But I know for me, I want to be a force for good so that people want to mirror my happiness, my excitement. I'm not going to make myself crazy trying to only feel good at the time, but the majority of the time, I want to be a mirror others want to reflect, and I want to draw myself closer to people who do the same. 
If you are someone who feels like you are at the complete emotional mercy of the people around you and you want some individual one-on-one help, I offer one-on-one coaching. I meet with my clients over Zoom and I teach them tools like this one today that help them up-level their lives and their relationships. I had a client tell me how she felt like she had spent her whole life feeling anxious. And now after we had worked together and we had coached together, she literally could not remember what it was like to feel that way and to have lived that way. I have seen my clients develop the confidence they always wanted but didn't know how to muster. I've helped women access desire and start deliberately creating a future they are excited about. If you think that perhaps coaching could be for you, go to my website, jamelinstephan.com, and there is a button there to book a free 25-minute coaching session with me. On this session, we will spend some time talking about what's going on for you, and I will give you at least one good tidbit to help you going forward. Not only will the session be helpful, but it will give you a chance to see if coaching is a good fit for you. I only have a few free sessions open a week, so be sure to get on and book yours. Also, just so you know, you can subscribe to the podcast Want to Want It on your favorite podcast app so that you don't ever miss an episode. So go ahead and do that as well. Thank you so much for listening today. Do your best to remember you are the one in control of your emotions. You have the power to act, not just to be acted upon. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you hear on the podcast and you'd like to learn more, feel free to head over to my website, jamelinstephancoaching.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at jamelinstephancoaching.